Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 2, and we're coming to you today from Colorado Springs, Colorado, home of Fort Carson, the Army base on the south end of town that houses the 4th Infantry Division and the 10th Special Forces Group. As we're recording this, we're coming up on uh, Veterans Day. Uh, That'll be passed by the time you listen to it, but it's always important for us to say thank you to those who have served and are serving our country Uh, in the uh, military, and and so we want to do that uh, today. I'm Terry, Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, Director of Multiplication in uh, Eastern PA and the Northeast Regional Coordinator for Church Planning for the Alliance. Today we uh, are going to be talking about a very uh, serious uh, subject, a hard subject, uh, suicide, and uh, we're going to talk to someone who has some expertise on this uh, subject, doing a lot of research uh, writing a book comes from a medical background, uh, Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Uh, he's an Alliance official worker, uh, but really uh, someone who provides some helpful information and warnings uh, to those who might be thinking about taking their own lives, but also uh, provides uh, uh, help for us as pastors and leaders in counseling people. You know, I know, Alan, for me, one of the hardest things I've ever done in ministry is to preach a funeral of someone who took their own lives and and all of the emotions that are wrapped up in that. And I'm sure you've had the same experience. I sure have um, only once, thankfully, um, but it is certainly a challenge to present to people, uh, to care for people who are wrestling with both the sadness over their loss and the anger that the person that they love did this. Uh, It's certainly one of the most challenging things that a pastor has to do uh, in his ministry. And I think that's one of the things I also appreciate about Dr. Sleeth is that he doesn't just have the information, he has the heart and the compassion to care about people in this. So it's going to be a a great interview. Yeah, looking forward to what Dr. Sleeth has to say to us. So uh, sit back, relax. Here we go. So we're pleased uh, today to welcome to Equipping You podcast, Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Uh, Matthew, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Great to be with you. And uh, we're going to be talking about our very serious and sobering uh, topic today of suicide. But before we jump into that, uh, Matthew, tell us a little bit about your background, professional background, how you came to faith in Christ and and uh, what you do to fill up your days. Okay. Uh, my, um, my background uh, professionally is that I'm trained in medicine. I went to George Washington uh, University uh, Med School and did a UPenn residency. Um, I practiced emergency medicine. And about uh, 12 years into practice, uh, I was married, uh, had two children, and uh, no faith whatsoever. And uh, through a series of bad events, actually, um, I uh, was in a very 
dark place. My wife's brother drowned in front of my kids. Just wow. a lot of bad things wow. happened. Wow. And I picked up a Bible and uh, read uh, and started in the book of Matthew. Yeah, wow. <laughs> if my parents had named me numbers, we probably wouldn't be talking. Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I... And I met the Lord, and I knew Amen. it. Uh, and uh, that changed my life. It changed my family's life. Uh, uh, the next in my family was my son uh, to meet the Lord, uh, all through, also through that, that Bible. And very shortly after, he had a, a vision of practicing medicine to serve the Lord. And I'm happy to say that 15 years later, he's in uh, Kenya with his wife. He's the only pediatrician. Uh, for two million children. Wow! At uh, wow. Tenwick Hospital, um, my wife, uh, who was raised as a Jew, uh, met the Lord next, and then my daughter. My daughter is married to a pastor, and she and her husband uh, serve at a church in um, Eastern Kentucky in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Okay. And what I do to fill up my days, uh, uh, I was uh, asked by the Lord to leave medicine. <laughs> Unfortunately, in yeah. some ways, uh-huh. um, but very fortunately in others. And uh, I spend my, my days uh, teaching about Scripture and uh, writing and uh, just traveling a whole lot and getting to meet a lot of really beautiful, wonderful people. Fantastic. Well, you uh, certainly have become well-known because of your what you've shared on creation care and the environment, and that's very valuable. And maybe we can talk to you again about that another time. But uh it's been a stretch in the Christian world recently, uh, just about the issue of suicide. Uh, and so we're wondering, you know, you are writing a book on that. And so we're wondering what led you personally to that topic and, and even the big decision to write a book on it. Well, first, um, j- just the sheer numbers. It's, it's become uh, really epidemic in the United States. We, uh, we have a uh, uh, the largest group committing suicide are are, are men, uh, about 35 to 65. But the uh, there's a, a very fast-growing group, which is young people uh, in this country. Um, and, and so just the, the magnitude of the problem. Uh, the second thing is uh, personal experiences. Best uh, man at my wedding uh, committed suicide. Ultimately, I had another uh, uh, childhood friend. Um, that committed suicide uh, several years ago, and was asked to do the memorial service for that. And um, realizing uh, the magnitude of the problem, that sort of thing, I turned to Scripture. That's that's kind of my go-to thing. And I realized that we're not talking about what Scripture has to say about suicide. And uh, we, as a society, keep doing more and more of what the uh, mental health world tells us to do. A lot of that's wonderful, um, but the problem's getting worse. And um, when you have a problem that you're, uh, that's getting worse and you keep doing more of a particular thing and it keeps getting worse, the answer is not to keep doing more of that particular thing. That's right. And so I, I've actually looked around, and, and what really pushed me over the edge, I felt like, um, was uh, seeing some really bad theology on the Internet. There are, there are websites that say that the Bible not only doesn't condemn uh, suicide, that, that God actually thinks that it's a good idea. And that is so patently, patently wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
that I felt that I had to, as a physician and somebody who just cares deeply about scripture, had to step into this. Wow, that's great insight there. We appreciate that, needing that to be corrected. And it's it's crazy what you can find posted out there. Um, do you want to maybe unpack just a little bit of some of the key points on that that you're just saying that you need to address? Yeah, let me start with how bad the situation is. You, you know, we should say, how bad is the situation? And statisticians measure things like this in uh, uh, number of suicides per 100,000 in, in our population. Um, and right now, the suicide rate is about 14 per 100,000, which is the traditional high that was seen in the 1930s during the Depression. Um, but those two, it, so we, you know, that's bad but it doesn't really show the magnitude of the problem. If we were to take everyone who's going to try to commit suicide in the next year back to 1930 and treat them, of that 1.5 million who will be seen in the emergency department in the coming year for attempted uh, suicide, um, and if we took them back, uh, the number of would go up orders of magnitude. We'd be something in the 300 per 100,000. Um, and there's some other issues at play. In 1930, they had nothing to dep treat depression with. And today, one in nine adult Americans is being treated with drugs for uh, depression. And uh, in the 1930s, they knew why they were depressed. The stock market had collapsed. The economy had collapsed. The banking system had collapsed. One in four Americans were out of work, and the environment had collapsed. Uh, that's the, if you'll recall, that's the time of the Dust Bowl. They were having storms in Oklahoma that the dust would coat the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. So everything had collapsed. And yet there were only 14 per 100,000 people committing suicide then. Now, without modern medicine systems to rescue most of the people who try, uh, we'd be looking at rates, you know, somewhere between three, four hundred per 100,000. Uh, today. So it's really a huge problem. Yeah. Matthew, you mentioned that you always go back to Scripture, and, and uh, you, you know, you want to form your view on this subject, certainly out of Scripture. Can you give us a couple of key scriptural insights on this issue of suicide? Yeah, it, it starts on the first page of the Bible. Adam and Eve are, are set in paradise, and uh, they are told not to do one thing, and if they do it in that day, they will surely die. <laughs> and they do it. And they do it at the urging of Satan. Satan is the father of lies and the father of suicide. Mm. And, uh, and, and so as if you follow Satan's uh, path through the Bible, every time he shows up, uh, first there with Adam and Eve, um, again with Job, um, he's, he's trying to get Job to curse God and die. That means curse God and commit suicide. When, when Satan shows up with Jesus, it's jump off the, jump off the bridge. Um, and of course, when he enters into Judas, that's really the first murder-suicide in Scripture. And if you look at every time in the Bible somebody cries out to the Lord and says, I can't take it anymore, I want to die, whether that's Moses or Elijah or Jonah, the Lord shows up and begins to minister to them. So Jesus came that we would have life and have it abundantly. Satan comes and wants us 
to commit suicide. Mm. And so in the Bible, it's a very clear battle that's laid out that's going on. Wow, that is some seriously good contrast there to help us to see that from a scriptural point uh, over the timeline of Scripture. really appreciate that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of the, some of those things from a suicide perspective before. That just is enlightening right there. Very helpful. You know, just to, it wasn't that long ago at all that uh, Jared Wilson, well-known associate pastor at a large church, uh, and really an advocate for mental health, took his own life. What brings a person to that point that they're willing to cross that line and actually do it? I think the common element for most people who, and by the way, I'm using old-fashioned terminology. I use the term commit suicide. There's new language around this, which is to complete suicide, which I think is the worst thing to dangle in front of a a uh, generation that's been raised, never leave your test without filling all the bubbles in, mm-hmm. you know, you, you complete uh, things. Uh, and so I use the word commit suicide. But I think the common element is pain, uh, that their life is more painful with, than what they perceive will happen if they uh, commit suicide and they free themselves from pain. And uh, and I would say that's the the common thing behind that pain can be guilt, shame, frustration, um, all the things that fallen man has to deal with. We are also increasingly in a society that we're isolated from each other. Uh, we don't seem to have the time to just sit down and talk with folks. Um, and so uh, isolation, uh, a feeling of being alone is, is often a key element in those who um, end their lives. Mm. Matthew, you're uh, kind of a bridge between uh, the medical world and ministry. So uh, I'm wondering if there's something about ministry leadership that might make those of us involved more vulnerable uh, to a suicide decision. I think there is. We're in a tough business. Uh, We see the society changing rapidly, the prestige, if you will, that a a pastor may have had, uh, you know, even several decades ago uh, is no longer there um, with the job. And and we've listened to a generation or two of um, kind of, if you will, fun Christianity that— you know, every pastor preaches with an ear-to-ear grin and, and that sort of thing. There's Jesus promises that we're going to have hard times when we follow him, that we'll be persecuted. And yet when we turn to Scripture, we see that, that there is a great joy with giving our lives over to Christ and doing that difficult work. And so I think in some ways the church has set up unrealistic expectations for what it means to be a Christian. Um, being a Christian, I found, ultimately has a joy that nothing else brings, but that doesn't mean it's an easy life. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the, the most difficult parts is the people left behind uh, after someone commits suicide. And, and I've heard several times where people have said, why didn't I see the signs? Um, so how can someone... Uh, close to someone who might be vulnerable to suicide, be aware uh, and attentive to the, the signs that it might be coming? That's a great question. One of the fears that people have is that if you ask a friend or 
you know, family member, are you thinking about suicide that you might increase the risk of that happening? And every single study has shown the exact opposite. Simply by asking, are you thinking about harming yourself wow. or hurting yourself? Says to that person that it's something you can discuss with me and it's something I'll walk through with you. And so to if you think somebody is um, contemplating this, you ask. And um, often there, there are signs of depression, um, uh, changed behavior, uh, withdrawing from things that, that people might have found uh, fun or engaging before and people aren't, aren't doing those anymore. If you begin to see those signs, you have to ask, are, are you thinking about harming yourself? And then engage with that if somebody says, yes, I talked to a mom on a plane and, and she, was, uh, uh, she was the uh, poster mom for a uh, soccer mom. She had her two kids on a plane taking them to a, a game or something. One was 13 years old, one was 10 years old. And, uh, you know, I brought up that I was a Christian, that I was writing this. And she, and she said, uh, my son told me the other day he didn't want to be alive anymore. And I said, what did you say? And she said, oh, you don't mean that. <laughs> well, he meant it. Mm. That's why he, he brought it up. So when somebody says, yes, I am thinking about it, you need to either engage or have them call 1-800-273-TALK, which is the National Suicide Hotline, or uh, a counselor or your pastor. Um, it, you don't have to handle it yourself, but you, you need to be engaged and walk through this with somebody. So most pastors who are out there listening do some counseling, some some more than others. Some are highly trained. Others are more at the level of what we call pastoral counseling. What would you advise a pastor or a youth pastor to do when someone says to them, I'm, I'm thinking about taking my own life? Again, to, to walk through that with them, if you're not qualified uh, to counsel, you should, as a pastor— have somebody on your speed dial who is. Mm. I think the other thing is that uh, unlike any other disease, suicide is a disease in which prevention is the only acceptable treatment. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and so yeah. we need to begin to think about preventing. And that means mentioning this from the pulpit beginning to lay open scripture, turning to those psalms where people are suicidal and they're crying out to the Lord and unpacking that, what's, what's going on. Many young people who commit suicide have had, uh, it's been measured, the time between when they decide to do it and when it's done is less than 60 minutes. That means that for many of those people, the only chance you have to do is to get there ahead of time. And I had a uh, group of uh, about 85 high school students I was asked to talk to from a church. I asked them, um, have any of you heard from the pulpit that suicide is wrong and why? And who wants you to commit suicide and who wants you to live? And uh, none of them had heard anything from the pulpit about it. And so I think we need to sh shift our thinking some from what to do after suicide, uh, you know, preaching those memorial services of comfort, which, you know, there's a purpose for that, but begin to think about prevention, particularly on this one. We need to articulate that, that God is for life 
and that life is a precious gift and that God has a plan for everybody. They're not here by accident or mistake. And we need to articulate that again and again. And so that's what I would tell the pastors. Uh, you know, we, we need to begin to articulate that life is a gift from the Lord and that you have a, an enemy that wants you uh, to throw that away. Wow. So definitely, I love that statement that the only the only actual way to do it is prevention. You, there's right. no other acceptable uh, treatment. Uh, and I wonder, what do you think keeps pastors from venturing into that category to begin with? You know, I mean, you're saying some great stuff and talking about the value of life, but what's keeping us from talking about it? Well, for the most part, I think it's um, it's either bad theology or lack of theology. I say the, the it's not just a couple of Internet sites. It's just filled with bad theology on this. And um, we need to be, you know, we need to turn to our scriptures. The scripture has the answers. And then, you know, kind of look at the patterns of suicide. By the way, I don't count Samson and Saul as suicides. That's like saying the person, you know, it's not applicable, and yet on Internet sites, those are used all the time. Samson is a, is a combatant behind enemy lines, in touch with central command, God, and, who asks if he can take out the building, and yeah. the answer is yes. Uh, the same thing with Saul. It, these are, that's like saying that a person who jumped off the top of the World Trade Center to keep from being burned to death committed suicide. They did not. We need to get it clear that suicide is a willful giving away of one's own life for some unknown gain that you might get, the exact same situation that we see with Adam and Eve. And and so I think, uh, you know, again, Bible, Bible, Bible here. <laughs> Go to the Bible on this one. You're speaking yeah. our language there. Thank Amen. you very much. Absolutely. So can I go just a little bit further with this, actually? Um, It's interesting because in a secular worldview, if someone comes in uh, to a therapist and they had no plan of suicide, they weren't thinking about it, they have a job, um, they're looking forward to vacation a year from now, we would say that that person's perfectly okay. When that person walks into Christ, that's where that's just the starting point. Christ says that you are uh, that, that no greater love has someone th- than they are willing to give up their life, and so when we live in a generation that's all focused on us, suicide's the inevitable outcome. Christ says we're supposed to be thinking about others. We're we're supposed to be willing to give our lives to save somebody else, and, and so there's there's a much deeper road to go down in scripture than just don't commit suicide, if you will. Yeah. It's what do we do with our lives? Why were we put here? Yeah. It's good. And the answer is not to serve ourselves. What would you say to someone, you know, they're caught, and I guess I'm kind of jumping in line here a little bit of Terry. I apologize, my fellow co-host. But no, you know no apology the mixed needed. the mixed the mixed emotions uh, of on the one hand they're the sense of incredible loss that they lost somebody they loved, but also the anger that they actually committed suicide. What do you say to them in the midst of that? Well, there is theology out there that suicide is an unforgivable sin, that 
mostly comes from and people who grown up in the Catholic tradition of Christianity have heard that 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 rests on some biblical ground um, in that uh, suicide is considered murder. And if you uh, commit a sin and can't confess it, then it's by definition not forgiven. In the Protestant system, we don't we don't have that. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know that suicide is um, an unforgivable sin. I think that people have mental illness um, that they're not in their right mind, etc. You know, I'm not the judge of this world. The Lord is, Christ is, and Christ can forgive an awful lot. The end of Romans 8 tells us there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. But we have to, as a church, realize that we're talking about big things and big stakes here. And and it really, to me, pushes us as a church to evangelism. Everyone is playing with life and death <laughs> in their life. Hmm. And everyone is printing uh, playing with judgment or a life in eternity with with the Lord. And I, I would hope that one of the things that comes out of this is to kind of let a light a fire under us in the church that really these are the stakes for everybody. If you have the answer to keep someone out of an eternity of living with Satan versus the Lord, and you haven't shared that, in your own way, you've really let somebody down. Mm, yeah. This is the call to evangelism here. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know, it, and that's, that's what this is. That's good. So, obviously, we don't know who's listening to this or when they'll be listening, but it's altogether possible that someone could listen to this podcast who's considering taking their own life. And, uh, Matthew, I, we just heard you got a big heart for the Lord and, and a big heart for people, and, and I wonder if you would— uh, address that person? What would you say to that person today who's, who, to convince them to continue living? I would tell them that, uh, that I have talked to many, many people in the course of researching this book who have been right there, I mean, with a gun loaded up at their head and have backed away and have gone on to have lives of great joy. It didn't happen immediately or whatever, but that suicide is the one thing that you can always put off till tomorrow. And to not suffer through this alone. If you're a pastor and you're you're listening to this, don't try to do this alone. You're not big enough. Right. And uh, 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 find, find somebody to walk through this with. Um, at, at the very least, and I'll repeat the numbers, uh, the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800- 273 talk and um, they have the resources in every area uh, available for people when you call that number Uh, but don't walk through this alone Um, cry out to the lord you know fall back on on the lord and put this off for another day Hmm. so when can we uh expect your book to be out there for to benefit a lot of people um it's a good a good question, and my agent Don Gates sometime in the next five days will tell me. Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm not sure. He's uh, he's uh, walking around to the different publishers right now. Yeah, do, uh, does the book have a title yet? The title, the the working title, is that love lives. Um, wow. How our faith uh, can get us through the greatest depression. Yeah, wow, good. that's a powerful title. I love it. Good. Well, we'll make sure to keep our eyes on that, and uh, if there's official word out there by the time we 
post this online. We can put it in our show notes for people. No doubt about it. Um, so thank you. We really appreciate the time you spent with us today on this. Yeah, great insight, Matthew. And we do want to have you come back sometime and talk to us about an evangelical view of uh, stewarding creation. We'll do that again. You know, I will. I will say that a great segue from this would would be to talk about Sabbath next, because if there's one therapy that I would that I have seen work for particularly pastors and Christians, it's in this time of busyness and the world speeding up that that intentional stopping and giving one day over to the Lord and to the fellowship with other Christians is just a bomb. Uh, uh, for the soul. We'll, so let's talk about that next. Would that be okay? That would be, we'll, we'll talk, that would we'll, be great. We'll take that advice. We'll consider it to be expert advice <laughs> as long as you give us the third podcast to talk about stewarding God's creation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Matthew, <laughs> thanks like so much. Deal. We appreciate okay. you and appreciate your insights and your heart for God and heart to help people. So uh, may God continue to bless you as you work on this book and, and get it out there to help people. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Alan, we got great insight on a very difficult subject today. I'm I came sure away did. with uh, two, I think, important applications. Number one, if uh, you're struggling with depression or another mental health issue of any kind, or you're thinking about taking your own life, whether you're a pastor or a lay person, get help. Uh, reach yeah. out to someone for help. Uh, that may be calling that hotline one 800 273-TALK. And uh, pastors, specifically for all of us who stand in pulpits and preach God's Word, Matthew encouraged us not to avoid this subject. Scripture speaks to this subject, and we need to speak to this subject uh, from the pulpit. So what would be the importance of sharing, uh, perhaps sharing today's uh, episode, Alan? Well, you know, typically we always end our podcasts encouraging people to share it on social media or something like that. But I think more appropriately today, might be good advice if you know somebody that's struggling with depression or a mental health issue that maybe this is the podcast episode they need to listen to so just share it with them directly uh we need to care for each other uh we need each other yeah we do and so uh we close by saying what our good friend matthew slee said don't listen to the lies of the enemy listen to the truth of god's word and believe that jesus has abundant life for you Thanks for listening, and keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.